right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me, today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 219, the show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS This Is Awesome. Visit us on Twitter at PS This Is Awesome. And if you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw one as always, you can write our show at pstisisawesome at gmail.com. Most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Be sure to leave comments. Rate our podcast as you see fit. And as a final reminder, this is a video podcast as well. So you can watch the show if you prefer over our YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe to us over there. So for new and or longtime listeners, we now have a Patreon. You can support our show at a $1 level called the One and Only $1 Club for, for $1 a month. You can head over to www.patreon.com slash PS This Is Awesome and become a $1 patron. Get free die cut vinyl sticker in the mail. You know, like back before email existed, just send you stuff. It's like a very slow teleport system. And uh, a shout-out on a show. So, Jake, with all of that out of the way, how have you enjoyed this beautiful Sunday? Uh, Well, I apologize in advance if the listeners can hear, like, motorcycle noises and shit. It's because I have my window open because it's hot as fuck in my house right now. Mm. So, I mean, it's not... It's not that hot, but it's hotter than we're used to. Whenever it's usually like fucking 20 degrees outside, when it's 75 degrees in your house, it feels hot as hell. So yeah. um, I apologize for that because I have my window open. I don't hear but, anything, so I think you're good. Uh, other than that, it's been a good day, a long day. I've been outside pretty much with the exception of about an hour and a half. I've been outside since about 9 o'clock this morning. So Yeah. But enjoying it. Yeah, just doing yard before work it snows like on Wednesday. I'm enjoying it today. It's supposed to snow Wednesday. Yes. Oh Jesus! What's it supposed to do tomorrow? Do you know? I think it's supposed to be like scat. Well, this is Jamestown, but like scattered, uh, scattered thunderstorms, like 75 degrees. So it should be still should be nice tomorrow, okay. but um, other than some rain, and then it just like Tuesday 50, Wednesday like 35 and snowing. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Well, great, great, but don't get your forecast from us because we probably don't live anywhere close to you. Um, yeah, the good, good. Today I didn't do a whole lot. Uh, I haven't been up to much since the last show. We had two concerts. We played Friday night, which was really kind of fun looking back at it. It was a pretty good time. In the in, in the moment, I was just kind of annoyed because it wasn't really our audience, but it was fine. It was a good time, you know? I had a good time playing. We sounded good. And then Saturday, also not really our audience, but... It was a good time. I was tired as hell doing back-to-back shows like that. And then so today, I actually couldn't sleep. I got up at 7, and uh, it was early as shit. But, you know, we had some conversations on Saturday about cleaning yards up and how, like, it takes me, like, 10 minutes to do my yard, my front yard. And I woke up, and the birds were chirping, and, you know, my wife was still in bed. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make some hot tea. I'm going to go outside and rake all the sticks out of my yard. So I did that at 7 in the morning, and it felt great. So I did a little yard cleanup. I went, nice. I went to the driving range today with my father. We uh, signed up for a golf league. I don't know if I told you that, so we're going to be a duo, which is going to be a disaster because neither of us are good, good golfers. But, you know, it's, it's some guys he used to work with. They have, like, a league they do, and uh, – they keep asking him every year, and he's like, "Fine, I'll do it." And he goes, "Fred, you want to you want to go on a golf league with me?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'll do it." 
So Monday morning or Monday afternoon, I think 4.30, we're playing the Pines every Monday, which will be nice. And uh, it should be fun. Yeah. My, my pops paid for paid my way, so I couldn't really say no to that. You know, you can't beat it. Yeah. So some free golf. Maybe I'll get better this year. So into the driving range. Actually, what happened? Let me backtrack a little bit. Because this is where things get really annoying. The first thing we did, and I didn't even think about this. My dad has some medical issues with his leg right now. So he needs to be in a cart. He needs to be driving around on a cart if we're going golfing. And I don't know what the situation at the Pines is. I don't know if they have carts out yet. It's pretty early, and it's been raining a lot. So I doubt they do. So he's going to tough it out tomorrow if he has to. But I was like, hey, let's just go to Halewood real quick, which is like the cheap, easy course in town. And... Just just get a, ra- a quick nine in today so that we don't go in cold on Sunday or Monday. And uh, we're like, all right. So we packed the stuff up at like 930, went out to Hillwood, and all their carts were put away. And there's a lady sitting up front. She goes, oh, yeah, we don't have the carts out yet. It's too it's too swampy. And I'm like, well, if Hillwood cares about how swampy it is, Whispering Pines with all those trees and stuff, it's going to be so wet probably. Hillwood is way they don't take. They don't have any water management, so they're. Yeah. Hailwood's going to be way wetter than Whispering. Pines. I hope you're right. So we didn't golf Hailwood. So then what we did was we went to Gable Hill to the driving range. We get there, and I don't have any cash on me, and all my father has is uh, a three twenty dollar bills on him, and their machine that spits out balls says we accept ones, fives, and tens. And uh, a small bucket is $5, a medium bucket is 7 and a large is 10 And I was like, can't you just throw a 20 in and get two larges? And it says, machine will not give change. We do not accept 20s. So we're like, all right, well, there's no ATM, so I guess we're not hitting any balls. So we went to Hillwood, went to the driving range, didn't swing the clubs once, went into Connie Lake uh, with hopes of getting breakfast, grabbed breakfast, and then confused our waitress uh, when, when I paid for the bill um, I said, can I get cash back? Can I get like a five and five ones? He kind of did the same thing, except he had cash. Nonetheless, we got our money, went back, we hit we hit some balls. I did all right, and he did not do very well. So he's like really nervous about tomorrow. So <laughs> I was like, dude, don't even worry about it. It's a scramble. Who cares? So that's, yeah. that's the life. I wanted to get on the motorcycle today. I, I went out and rode a little bit on Saturday before a show. It was really nice. I tried out the, the Cardo headset. It was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I like it. So what I was going to ask you, though, before we get on with the show, and I know the listeners don't care, but they did say they like the, the beginning talk. Jake and I both ride motorcycles. He does way more than I do. But you have a GoPro mount on your helmet. Yep. And I have a GoPro now. And I would love to be able to mount it and just record it. It'd be fun. So I looked into um, chinmounts.com. Have you looked at this place? Chinmounts. It, it's got like the 3M tape, but they make chin yeah, mounts yeah. specific for specific helmets. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, it seems like it's too good to be true. Like it would just work really easy. Like if I just buy like the qualifier whatever chin mount and just stick that bad boy in there, it should be good. Have you your, – is yours a chin or is yours like a side mount? I have it on the chin, but I, I actually – for mine, I bought a flat – uh, I just used a, a general like flat GoPro helmet mount, mm-hmm. and then I used this moldable putty called Sugru. Oh, you told me about which, this, yeah. The, to 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 put it on my helmet so that it's at the correct angle that I want. It's basically like uh, if you've ever if you imagine like um, 
if you've ever used like the, the that like putty epoxy, like so the epoxy that's not like the two liquids that mix like together, green but stuff it's or like something. Yeah, it's like it's like it comes in like the it's almost like play-doh, but there's two different kinds and you mash it together and then it gets hard as a rock. So this is like that, but it's not as hard and permanent as that epoxy is. Mm. So basically you you mix it up and then you put it on and you can kind of put it in and you can kind of mold it the way that you want and get the angle that you want and all that. And then after, you know, 10 or 20 minutes, it it's pretty solid. And if you ever want to get it back off, you can scrape it off. It's not permanent. It might fuck up your the design on your helmet, yeah. but like whatever. So that's what I did. I did look into using the like one of those custom chin mounts mm-hmm. or whatever. I just I don't remember if it was that I didn't want to pay for it or if I didn't want to wait for it because I had something I wanted to use my camera yeah. for. I don't like the permanence of having this like mount on your chin of your helmet at all times. I mean, the camera doesn't need to be on it at all times, but you're going to have that like freaking protrusion. Kind of annoys me because the helmet looks kind of nice on its own. So like I'm kind of like, I don't know. It, you know what I mean? It's like one of those things like do I do I really need it? But like, I kind of want it. And I don't know how that 3M tape comes off. Like, it, but I don't think it does. I, I think you have to. No, put, I mean you can get it off, but it's like you have to work it off. Yeah. It's not like you know. It's not like it's it's not meant to come. Well, which off, is good so. because you don't want to lose your camera while you're riding. But yeah. Well, that's the thing is that anything you're going to use, you want it to be secure because you don't want it to come falling off. And and honestly, even if uh, like mine, even though it's pretty fucking secure i still have a tether on my camera to my neck strap so if it falls off it dangles from my neck strap it doesn't go bouncing down the road yeah 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 Yeah, and so the chin strap site sells the not chin chin strap chin mount (laughs) chin strap remember chin strap yeah um the chin mount site has tethers that come with their things and it's only like i said like 25 bucks 30 bucks for this mount so i mean i i get what you're saying about permanently mounting a, a a chin mount on your helmet and i felt the same way but then i I was just like fuck it and i did it and mm. i'm like over it but like uh yeah I, I get it it does suck like especially if you spend a bunch of money on a helmet like gluing a fucking mount to it if yeah. that's what you want to well do there's no it, other way but. to really pull it off i mean they have these ones that are clips and i saw reviews on them and this person was riding with them and they were like i've done it then there's video like them doing 100 on the highway and the clip does not budge and it's got like this nice rubber thing that that leans on the helmet side, you know, so it doesn't leave any marks. But it's like, but if you From, if you have like any oh, kind of weather, um, you know, whatever that thing's called under your chin to keep the air from flying in and causing a lot of noise, it's like you can't really use it if you have one of those. And it's just like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, there's something about those because a lot of times they need to like clip it under your visor and stuff too. They have and to fit, right? Yeah, you like a lot of fitting issues. Yeah, they, they do make those ones that are like strap-ons and I don't – I don't know. I, I It was one of those things where it was like I don't really want to risk I, – I don't care that much about the way that my helmet looks right. that I'm willing to risk like bouncing a $300 camera down the road when I'm fucking <laughs> right, riding. Right. So – I'm probably um, just going to go this route. I was just asking if, if you knew anything about it. Um, well, let's talk about games a little bit, Jake, with that out of the way. It, this is a PlayStation podcast after all, and usually we start the show with games that we're playing. I did two live streams this week. Of One was Thursday evening, pretty late, because I had Friday off of work. I just scheduled it off, and then I think I played Saturday morning... 
Um, the Last of Us 2 jumped on there. I had a couple people watch. It was kind of cool. Uh, Josh tuned in briefly and uh, was ridiculing me because he thought maybe I should be playing a newer game or something. But, dude. Anyhow. Jake should be giving you a sticker soon, by the way. Um, I uh, I really enjoy this game on a second playthrough. And uh, I popped so many trophies on my on my play my second playthrough i finally have all my weapons maxed out from the tool bench i've cracked all the safes now i man i popped some other trophy i don't remember what it was oh i found like the easter egg in the game which is a, a an uncharted reference that i didn't find at my first playthrough the hidden egg or whatever so i'm popping trophies in the last of us too so if you see that on my psn that's what i'm doing i'm playing through i'm now in the second half of the game which i won't go into spoilers because i know we have listeners who haven't haven't actually beaten the game but i'm enjoying the crap out of it and uh i like it way more my second playthrough 100 percent way more so that out of the way jake what have you been playing anything so talking about trophies i've been playing elden ring still And I'm like 20 hours in and I've popped one trophy Mm -hmm. in the whole game. So I don't know what – I didn't look at the trophy list. So I don't know what the fuck the trophies are. But they must be kind of of crazy. Or maybe they just deal with things that I just haven't really been doing. Um, I was thinking about maybe asking my brother because he was playing it. Maybe asking him if he wanted to come on the show – yeah. At some point, he's always maybe welcome. to talk about it a little bit because I know people. It's like the zeitgeist right now is fucking Elden Ring. Everyone loves it, and so I'd be curious to, to see what somebody else thinks about it. But uh, I'm still enjoying it. Um, I don't want to say I cheated, but I did finally get to a point where I was like ten hours in, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna look at a guide and just kind of see, you know, what the best way is to kind of level my character from the beginning and get kind of like a leg up a little Mm. bit. And so I did use a little bit of a guide at the beginning to give myself, to make myself, to be frank, I'm a little bit, probably a little bit OP for where I'm at, but like it, it makes the game way more enjoyable to not be like fighting the same fucking enemy 10,000 times in a row because you can't, you can't can't kill them. them. So yeah. And I, I get that like, you know, I'm only, We'll say, you know, if I'm quote unquote OP, I'm only OP for now until I get to a point where I'm not anymore. Mm. I mean, that's definitely going to happen. And there is something to be said about learning the combat so well that, you know, you're able to get through it naturally. And maybe like because I sort of took a shortcut with a guide, I won't be as good at the combat when I get later in the game. I don't know. I I think I'll be okay, but I still don't know if I'm going to finish it, but I do still like it. Um the other game that I've been playing is uh, Slay the Spire, which we're going to talk about. I did play about three or four hours for that yeah. game. So um, I heard that. Yeah, sorry. Somebody's uh, showing everybody how big their dick is outside. Um I don't know if you can even hear that. I heard. But, uh, yeah, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I live on an intersection that for whatever reason – People with like big trucks and shit feel like it's the coolest spot to just do burnouts and stuff. I don't really understand it at all, but apparently that makes you cool. Um, So uh, anyway, so Slay the Spire. Yeah, I've been playing that and I've been doing it really fucking weird. People are probably like, why the fuck are you doing it this way? Yeah. But like I got out my PS4 
I hooked it up. I installed Slay the Spire on my PS4 so that I could remote play my PS4 on my Vita in bed so I could play Slay the Spire on my Vita. And I'll be honest with you. I think, I mean, this could kind of just segue into our Slay the Spire talk. Sure, sure. Because I know that's what's next on the agenda. We can refresh the listeners why we're talking about Slay the Spire first real quick. Okay. So what we're doing is every month, PS Plus, we're getting new games, right? We always get new games, PS Plus users. Uh, it, for a while, it's it's three. Sometimes it's four. It looks like it's going to be shifted to two. Jake and I are going to uh, decide on the show which one of those free games for the month that we want to play together. Uh, he's going to play it, and I'm going to play it. And at the end of the month, on our podcast, we will have a discussion about one of the free PS Plus games that we tried. Slay the Spire was the one for... April, and we don't know what May's going to be yet. But go ahead, Jake. Let's hear about it. And to be clear, like we're not gonna, like we're not, you know, committing to hundred percenting these no. games or even beating them. We're it's just, just we're going to play them, get an experience, see if it's something we would recommend. So that said, I have been playing Slay the Spire on my Vita via my PS4, mm-hmm. and I'll be honest with you, man. So one, this game's pretty fucking good. And two, uh, this is a perfect Vita game. Oh yeah. Yeah, I knew it would be. And or or even like I know they have a mobile version. Mm-hmm. So you can play on iOS or Android. I could even see it being good in that atmosphere too, because you don't really need controls to play the game. Right. You just like select cards and do your thing. So, like, basically, for Input those who lag don't know, doesn't matter in this game, right? So, so for those who don't know, it's a roguelite, but you know, imagine a game like, uh, like I talked about before, uh, Curse of the Dead Gods, right? So you start and you've got a character, and you're like, okay, I've got a room. I kill everyone in the room, and then I go to the next room, mm-hmm. and then I go to the next room, and then I go to the next room, and you can't go back. But if you die, you're done. You have to start all over again. And so uh, this is a game like that, but the combat is turn-based and it's like Gwent style where it's like, it's, it's very reminiscent of not, I, I never played like the, the standalone Gwent right. or the, or the, what was the, the single player one they did? Uh, it's, it's the, a witcher's tale. Um, something thrown, thrown breaker, thrown breaker. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't play that either. But this is very reminiscent of Gwent from The Witcher 3. Yeah. Where it's like you have a hand that's a set number of cards and you only have like that hand to be able to play a certain number of cards. You only have a certain number of action points that you can use and the cards have a number of action points they take to play. So you have to be strategic about like when you're attacking, when you're defending, because you have cards for attack, you have cards for defend, you have cards that apply like special um, attributes, like uh, powers. Yeah. Like, you know, like, uh, I don't know if poison is one poison is one. Yeah. So like, like poison or, you know, weak like weakness, you can apply to an enemy where their attacks don't do as much damage or um, what's the one where it like makes them weaker to your attacks. I forget what uh, it's called. I don't remember, but there's one just like that. And so, like, you basically – it's a turn, turn-based turn combat, 
And, and whenever you go from level to level, there's like a map and you can see the trajectory of all the different, the, all the different levels, all the way from the beginning, all the way to the boss. And you can kind of choose which route you want to take. Right. Because some of the, some of the, we'll call them rooms. Some of the rooms are like, are enemy battles. Some of the rooms you fight elites, which are harder, but you get, you get stuff out of it. Yeah. Right. Some of the rooms are merchants. Some of them are rest areas some are where you question can get marks. or right. Some are question marks where you don't know what it is. So like, um, it's very much remnant. Like to me, like the 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 room to room progression, and I'm sure other games have done this, but it is exactly the same as Curse of the Dead Gods. Oh, interesting. In, in, in terms of like, there's the map, and you choose which way you, you want to go, and there's this type of room and that type of room, and you can't go back. You have you're committed once you choose. So what's cool, like, is when you pick a path. Sometimes the path will intersect. So part of your your initial choice of the path you're going to take may involve you hopping onto another path halfway up, and. Uh, Maybe maybe you're like, well, if I can get past this point and I'm doing well health-wise, I'll stay on this trajectory. But when the roads cross, I'm going to have an option to meander this direction and maybe get a get a campfire where I can upgrade a card or get some health. So, like, depending right. on how you're playing, you can plan that route. And, and just to piggyback on what you're saying, because I agree, um, it's super cool. And this game is 100% strategy. It's really nothing else. It's it's yeah. it's awesome, and the simplicity of it is it's it's like one of those games. I know it's 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 uh, overused saying in gaming, but like it's uh, like like easy to play, but like difficult to master, right? It's like one of those situations where it's like okay, the mechanics you do one or two, three plays, and you're like okay, I get what's going on here, and then uh, as the game kind of slowly unfolds itself in front of you, like it becomes. Oh my gosh, the layers of the end and peel back, and you're like, "Wow, this can get really intricate." Like, and part of the strategy is, is like you said, like you you have to know when to play a block, when to play an attack. And what I thought was really neat about it is like when it's your turn, it will give you an idea of what the enemy is going to do on their turn and how much they're going to hit you for. So it's all laid out for you. It's just like a yeah. risk. It's a risk versus reward kind of game, and it's and it's so fun. Like, do you want to take on an elite and maybe get a relic, but like maybe not be able to be healed by the time you play the final boss in the level? Like, what do you want to do? The relic, because the relics will stay with you the whole game, the whole game. Like, even if you beat that level, not just the room, the level that all those rooms are tied to, and those relics. There's three. There's three levels. Yeah, right? there's we'll call three them levels or acts or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call them, right? And you got to go and through so, them without dying. Dude, I think that the 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 reason this game is good is because it's simple. It's not right. It's not trying to do too much. It, it's very much like that Gwent game in the Witcher where it's like the reason why people loved it is because it was simple, but it was also, it could also be difficult. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I think the other thing that's cool about it is that like, so there's this weird thing that I've never seen before in Slay the Spire where like an enemy. So like, if you, you think about it like a, an action RPG, for example, mm-hmm. like like we'll talk about, uh, you know, Elden Ring just because I'm playing it like an enemy can light me on fire and I'm like fucking burning while I'm on fire and I have to like roll to like try to put myself out or whatever. Whereas like in this game, an enemy can quote unquote light you on fire. But really all that what all that that means is that they insert cards into your deck mm-hmm. that are negative. And if they're in your hand, 
whenever you discard that hand at the end of the turn, it does something to you, damage right. or weakens you or whatever. So you have like one of the sort of things about this game that is cool is it like there's a big strategy in having cards in your deck that allow you to discard cards in your hand. Right. Because you can basically eliminate one of these Afflictions like or attributes, yeah. negative attributes, which is one of these cards in your deck by discarding it mm-hmm. as part of your turn. And then it doesn't do damage to you at the end of the turn or whatever. So it's, it's very, very cool. I mean, the graphics are cool. The animations are really simple. I mean, it's a very, it's obviously like, it was built from it seems like it was built from inception to be sort of like a mobile slash console game yeah. and there's and I'm not, I'm not saying that in a negative way i mean i think this would be a great i think it's 10 bucks on android i don't know what it is on uh the apple store mm-hmm. but i think that this would be a great mobile game to just kind of like you know kind of like a hearthstone or something like that that's just really fun but it's got this weird like roguelite element that i've never seen before in a card game um I don't know. I think it's really cool. I'm trying to think if there's anything that I don't particularly like about it other than the fact that it's a roguelike. I'm I'm so sick of roguelikes mm-hmm. that like I just don't want to play it because it's a roguelike. But I love the moment-to-moment gameplay of it. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's kind of like uh you know, cuz I played so many of them in a row. I played like uh Returnal right. and Curse of the Dead Gods and fucking what's the one that everyone loves? Um, the Greek one uh, that Supergiant did. I'm drawing a blank. Ah, I'll think of it. But everybody probably knows what I'm talking about. They're probably screaming at their microphone, or they're screaming at their iPod right now. But uh, iPod? Does anyone even use an iPod anymore? Jake's but, been uh, in the sun too long today. Yeah, I put my sunscreen on for the first time today. Well, that's good for this year. So that was that was neat. Yeah. But yeah, all in all, I will say that I do recommend Curse of the Dead Gods if you like card games. Or and you don't slay like, the sorry, slay the spire. I do recommend Curse of the Dead Gods, sun, man. <laughs> but slay the spire is a. I think it's for free. Fucking definitely try, it. especially if you're into card games and you're into, um, and you can tolerate roguelites. Because I, I don't think that it's like crazy hard enough that it's that big of a deal I'll that say, it's a roguelite. Yeah, I'll, I'll- I just don't have the patience right now. So, is all. so the thing with me that made it more digestible. As a roguelite, was it like it? It didn't. It didn't prey on like having enemies that are just so so very difficult that it was like I'm never gonna get past this guy. So like, what was great about it was was the variation of the paths every time you play it. So you don't come back and you you don't you don't play the same enemies in the same sequence every single time. Um, you know, and I think some of those Souls games you do, but I, I like the variation and the hope that when I die, they're like, oh, maybe I'll get a better relic because I think a lot of stuff is probably just randomly generated, like the relic drops and all this stuff. So, dude, I had this playthrough in this game where I had I every combat I'd start with four action points because of a relic, and then I had a thing that it gave me like eight. Uh, metallic or whatever that is. That a relic. So like at the end of every one of my turns, I gained eight defense automatically. So it was like some super super awesome relic. So I had those two things in play, 
And then I had another thing that was like anytime I I received an ailment, it would give me shields. So like huh. when I would play bosses, I would let them wreck me on one attack and then I would have those ailments come in and it was just free shields for me. Just free shields just popping up every time every one of my turns and I was like this is awesome. So I stacked all these relics on this playthrough. I was like, this is like, they're so serendipitous. Everything was just working together. And like, it's just the luck of the dice, the luck, the luck of the roll there. Like I, I didn't do anything special to get those. Like I just, it just fell that way. So that's what I really liked about it is like the, the, and you can change the way you approach every playthrough in this. It's not like in the way that, that you get better. Every playthrough is, is as you level up your character, it will introduce new cards that become available to you to put in your hand that kind of give you a little bit of an edge. So as you level up, now I did beat it as the ironclad character. I think there's another class. There's, a, there's three other classes. I never jumped back in after I beat it the first time, but it was fun. I will concur, Jake. I think if, if you have plus and you have a chance to play Silver Slay the Spire, it's not too late to download it, which is why we're putting it in on this this month. So you can go check it out if you have it. And you ought to be downloading all the stuff anyways, or at least adding it to your library. But you should try it out. So I, 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 I when I unlocked the second character, I, I did play as the second character, which is more of like a, I don't know if you want to call it like a thief class or something mm-hmm. like that. Excuse me. Where like they have less health, but they do more damage and they have they have like uh they have like uh uh like a lot more defense cards and stuff but maybe their attacks don't do as much to, it's it's very strange but but the one cool thing about the second character you unlock is that they're like all in fucking poison damage oh, wow. which is awesome i don't know if you've ever if you've ever um uh, if you ever had a round where you like did a ton of poison damage no. because, but that, that character has a bunch of poison damage cards and you can unlock a bunch of poison damage. And the way that it works is that let's say you apply five poison to an enemy mm-hmm. for the next turn, they get hit for five damage. And then the turn after that, they get hit for four damage and oh, then three wow. damage and then two damage and then one damage. But like, because of the way this character is designed, you can kind of you can kind of stack cards and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like I'd have enemies with like fucking 20 poison damage on them. So for like 20 turns, they're getting hit at the end of every turn for poison damage. Now it does diminish as the turns go on, but you can stack it back up as you go. Like it doesn't, That's you know, awesome. you can keep adding on to it. And so it's this really kind of fun way of playing it where it's like, yeah. I might not do as much damage like with my straight on attacks, but when I stack it with this fucking poison shit, it it like it just hits them from two sides. It's really, really cool. So, yeah, cool. I don't really have anything. Like I said, yeah, other than me not say, being really. big on the roguelite thing, I, I have nothing really bad to say about this game. But I've only put, like I said, a few hours into it. Yeah, I think it's fun. Well, we can move on from there. I'm glad that we did that. It was a nice experiment, Jake. Appreciate you putting some time into that. And I hope the listeners do, too. Uh, it's definitely worth trying out. And this is a game that wasn't even on my radar. So I, I hope that, you know, we get a nice offering for May. Um, we'll see what, what, what they give us. And <laughs> why don't you just be a bunch of hot garbage that we don't want to put time into? <laughs> well, we're going to have to pick something. Anyways, let's get to the news here. 
Welcome to the PS This Is Awesome Patreon page. For those of you that don't know, my name is Fred Oakman. And I'm Jake Peters. And we're a PlayStation podcast currently in our 10th year. Our first episode aired in July of 2012, where we discussed and speculated on the arrival of the PS4. Over the years, we've used this podcast to take a break from adulting, share our love of video games, and in particular, PlayStation. The audio podcast is available on all major streaming services, and we have recently made the leap to uploading video content and video podcasting to our YouTube channel, as well as the very occasional Twitter post or live stream. Over the years, we have covered everything from PS3 to PS Vita through the launches of PS4, PSVR, and now PS5. As our audience has grown over the years, we have decided to start this Patreon with the hopes of creating a medium in which we can give you the opportunity to help support our show. And as a test bed, we're starting with a single tier. It's called the one and only $1 Club. So with your support at the $1 level, we're going to mail you a premium vinyl cut sticker and give you a shout out on the podcast. But at this time, unfortunately, we can only ship to the U.S. and Canada. But this is subject to change depending on your interest. So whether you're new to the show or you're a frequent flyer, we are forever thankful for your support and hope you can find it in your little gaming heart to join us in the one and only $1 Club. Until next time, like PlayStation, podcasting, and Patreon... P.S. This is awesome. It was kind of a busy week in PlayStation news. It wasn't super busy. I tried to pull some notes off of Push Square from all their great uh, researching. But uh, so this actually came straight from their website, and I'm going to read it verbatim. But they, they wrote that Sony has updated its official blog post on the upcoming PlayStation Plus Extra and PlayStation Plus Premium tiers. So Asia Markets, Excluding Japan, the the new PlayStation Plus stuff is going to roll out. They're targeting May twenty third, uh, targeting June. Uh, f- wait, let me see. May twenty third. Oh, Japan is uh, June first. America's U.S. targeting June thirteenth, and Europe targeting June twenty second. So we can look. Uh, you know, in about a month, little little over a month, June thirteenth is when they're going to roll out these new tiers, maybe for the new PlayStation uh, Plus. Three levels. Three cheers for three tiers, man. So I don't know if I'm going to upgrade to the middle class, the middle the middle route or not yet. We'll see. We'll just have to see what it's all about. Any opinion on those dates, Jake? I think that's fine. The sooner the better. I mean, that's – yeah, it's fine. I mean, it really boils down to what the uh, what the offering is Yeah. for the downloadable games, which would be the middle tier. If they're good, then sure, I'll – I'll I'll pay the I mean you know whatever I don't even care you know I'm paying yearly for PS Plus anyway so I'll just you know if it's an extra twenty bucks a year or whatever it is, um, then uh, I'd be willing to do it. We'll just have to see. Well, what see what offer. the games are, man. I agree. Well, moving forward, motion capture seems to have been started for the new Wolverine game being made by Insomniac. Um, so I guess there, I mean, when you start doing motion capture, you must be pretty well into the development. I would think, I don't, I don't know the process. Do they capture all this data and then do the game? I don't know. It's so hard to really know. I mean, it could be that they do the motion capture first because they, you know, they want to, they got the story done first. So you know, they, they probably wrote the story and then they're like, okay, we're going to do the motion capture while the game is being developed. And then once all the motion is captured, then they can, uh, 
they can plug it in work and tweak on all the animations and all that stuff and i'm sure they have like some stuff to kind of layer over it but yeah i don't know it's it's so hard to say i can't imagine this game is anywhere near close we have to probably be getting spider-man 2 before before we get wolverine and spider-man 2 doesn't come out till next year yeah so we'll see but it did start motion capture started on the new wolverine game for anybody excited about it and the internet is anticipating the old siphon filter games to be coming to the PSN because they've recently been given ratings and they are anticipating that these games will be added to the retro collection for the third tier of the PlayStation right. Plus offerings that we're going to see in June. So I never I've never played a siphon filter game. So I don't I, I don't know what what this means. I know they're like stealth action kind of games. Was it Tom Clancy did Siphon Filter? Was it Tom Clancy? No, 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 no. It's what a, did he it's do? A, he had one that Tom was Clancy. Like, what do you mean? Tom Clancy did like fucking everything. Yeah, you're talking about, uh, no, no, you're no. talking about Splinter Cell. Yeah, thank you. That's what I know. They're, re- they're remaking that, which is cool. Splinter Cell is dope. Yeah. I don't know. I've never played Siphon Filter, so I don't really know. Okay, cool, cool. But people love them, so it's cool that they're bringing them back. Yeah. Assuming they are. Um, so Techland came out and they uh, indicated that Dying Light sold 5 million copies in the first month and the game is going to be getting some updates. This is Dying Light uh, 2, not the first one. Um, getting some updates which have been requested by fans and a lot of people are speculating that the new update will also be including New Game Plus. That's not confirmed but that's what people want. I just don't understand why games don't come with New Game Plus at this point. If it's something they're even thinking about doing, like you would think it wouldn't be hard to implement that. Like you just save the progression and you just restart the game with all the stats. You know what I mean? It depends on how they like save all of the the data from your playthrough. Like, oh, you've done you've completed this milestone in the story, you've completed this milestone in the story and that milestone. They got to like find a way to roll all that back while still like maintaining all of your character progression. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's like, I, it seems like it should be super easy, but I, I have no idea. So, um, but I do always feel that way. I, I always wonder if they hold it back just to like announce it later, give, give it like a breath of fresh air a few months in, put some legs back um, in your game. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what did you say Dying Light was getting? Yeah, the new Dying Light game. Um, new Game Plus. I do at some point want to play Dying Light 2 because I loved the first game. But uh, I haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, so, neither have I. So that's cool, though. Like, I, like I, ex- I fully expect at some point here soon we're going to be seeing an announcement for uh, um, Horizon Forbidden West for New Game Plus. New Game Plus, DLC, so, something. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, it's a little too early for them to announce like single player DLC, but I can imagine them uh, doing a new game plus like free update or something at some point soon. Yeah. Well, speaking of potential game announcements and whatnot, Corey Barlog was involved in a tweet of some sorts that indicated that God of War is not yet ready to be shown, which caused some concern. And people were like, well, how the hell are you guys going to release it in 2022 if it's not yet ready to be shown? And 
one of the lead animators or something chimed in and uh, pretty much stopped that shit right away and said, no, we're still planning on releasing it in 2022. So I, I don't know. And if you've watched any of the documentary on the making of God of War, you know that Barlog is like a, I don't want to say a perfectionist, but he, he takes what he does very seriously. And he, you know, he's very specific with his vision. And that's what we get. He was with the first God, God of War, it seemed. And then, you know, that's what we get with Druckmann also. And, uh, you know, some of these, some of these, Hideo Kojima, you know, we're not going to see anything, anything until it's exactly what they want you to see. So that's the way it's going to be. And it doesn't mean that the game isn't well in development. It doesn't mean that it's probably it's probably pretty much playable front to end, I would imagine, if they're releasing yeah. it in 2022. But they have to decide what first of all it's not just like oh here's the game right right like my thought process is they are very deliberate in in what they show people when they tease these games remember the last of us 2 what they showed us and it was like a deep fake they gave the game studio gave us a deep fake in what they showed us from from the game and then when everyone played the game and they got to that part they were like you motherfuckers. Do you know what I'm talking about? Remember that part? I don't know what part you're talking about. So there, there was a part where Ellie's, without spoiling it because it's a trailer, Ellie's walking into like a situation where it doesn't look good for her. And then someone grabs her and muffles her from screaming. And in the trailer that they released when they showed this game, it was good old Joel. And he's like, oh, I would never let you do this by yourself. And, you know, that's how they showed us Last of Us 2. They were like, here's the, here's the trailer for the game. And anyone who's played the game knows that, that scene and, and knows that everything that Naughty Dog provided us with the story beats in that trailer was a farce. Are you sure that it wasn't just cut so that, like, no. she gets strangled out nope. and then, like, the next scene is her talking to Joel? Nope. I mean, I do remember that there was a lot of stuff from those early trailers that just wasn't in the game at all. Hundred percent, it wasn't. So, when we when we talk about what Corey Barlog is or is not willing to show us, just keep in mind that I am amazed that we haven't seen any kind of leaks yet for God of War Ragnarok. I'm amazed. This is a huge game. It's wildly anticipated. Everybody wants to know when. When are we going to see it? What are we going to see? They've done an incredible job keeping this ship uh, afloat without having, you know, springing any leaks. So it's interesting to think that I'm at a point now with these big game releases that I don't know what to trust when I see a trailer now after what Naughty Dog did. Like, I, I mean, it wasn't like they were like, this is gameplay. And then, like, the gameplay was, like, just shit. It was like, we're going to give you a slice of a story beat to get you fucking invested, to get all excited. And then when you play the game, because they didn't want to spoil anything of this story, it's something something different. Well, I mean, that's that's not uncommon in movies. So Correct. I mean, there's a lot of times where, like, movie trailers are not the same as what the movie is. So. Right. I, I can totally understand that. I 
also not but, saying that God of War, War is coming out in 2022. There's a good chance it could still get pushed back, knowing how shit rolls. But I'm just not surprised that Barlog was like, yeah, we're not ready to show you anything yet. Just not surprised by that statement. Hmm. It makes sense. Because the way these master directors work, you know, they, they, they have to plan this shit out. Jake, um, Gearbox announced a new Tales from Borderland, Tales from the Borderlands, which I thought was interesting because Tales from the Borderlands was a Telltale game, and it was fantastic. It was one of the Telltale kind of games, and I played it, and I loved it. So PAX is going on, I believe, right now, and Gearbox has announced that there will be a new Tales from the Borderlands so, will it pick up with the same characters? They weren't specific. They didn't say. But we're going to get another game like that. And I think that is kind of actually exciting. Because I think the Tiny Tina's Wonderlands didn't do very well. I don't know if it, how it did critically. But I think financially, I don't think they, they did a whole lot with that one. So, maybe they're trying to find a game that was maybe a little easier on the budget. You know? And doing a game like this, I think, would be. I don't know. I mean... Tiny Tina's Wonderlands was on the sales charts this month, so well, that's good. It couldn't have been that bad. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But I'm excited for Tales from the Borderlands. Did you play the first Tales from the Borderlands? I played the first episode, and it was oh. it was good, but it wasn't it was it didn't like reel me in. Oh yeah, well yeah, it's it's great, it's fantastic. All right, let's go. Let's move forward. Amy Hennig, known for her work for Uncharted 1, 2, and 3, uh, and was also previously working on a Star Wars game that got canceled, is now working on another Star Wars game, which will be right in her wheelhouse, considering they have identified and called this game an action-adventure narrative-driven game. The company she's with now is called Skydance New Media. And I'm okay with this. I just, man, this poor, poor person has not had a chance to make a game since Uncharted 3. So, I don't know. I don't think this is well along the way or anything, but I'm I'm happy for her, I suppose. And uh, I'm curious to see what we get. Yeah, I'd be excited to see what she comes up with um as far as uh, a new story game goes because she's talented writer so it, it i mean uncharted one through three can attest to that so and she really hasn't been able to get anything out the door since then because of the team she's been a part of have collapsed underneath of her so it's uh unfortunate but We'll see what she comes up with with this. Yeah, and in the they they did a quick interview with her on Push Square. I don't know if they did the interview. They're citing another source, but I know that she had indicated that as a child, the Star Wars movies left like a lasting impression on her and kind of opened her mind up to like this this fictional stuff, right? Like s- storytelling and action adventure, and and you can see that uh, in her writing. And so, if you're concerned that you know she's unfamiliar with with the property uh, i don't think that that's the case I, I think that the way she spoke about it she she had a lot of uh admiration for star wars in the interview so that's kind of nice to know she's not just getting thrown at this because no one can seem to make a good star wars game um with the exception of the the fight the the tie fighter game we had recently which i thought was really good 
I forget what that was called, but I, I played that in VR. That was really good. So new media is apparently like a new division of Skydance, and which is a, a multimedia company who has made stuff. Notably, it looks like recently the new Top Gun movie. Um, and I've just been looking at their website, and I guess that uh, Amy Hennig is going to be the president of the new media division of Skydance. Oh, good for her. So she'll be. So it sounds like they're going to be. They're going to be making games, and she is going to be the president. And it sounds like she's going to be writing too. So that's. That's awesome. Hopefully that something something really cool comes out of this. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got. If say. I were a game fun. developer, if I was somebody who knew how to code stuff, I I'd be chomping at the bit to work for her probably. Just based on her her legacy so far, you know. And and I mean, if you've been paying attention to the video game world, like she's been dealt a couple crappy hands, you know. And I don't know what happened with Uncharted Four, but she left the studio and they scrapped pretty much everything that she had done on that game. And then Druckmann and Staley, I don't, I think it was just Druckmann, maybe. I don't know who did the Uncharted Four game, but uh, Druckmann. Yeah, I think it was just Druckmann, but they kind of took over, and. Uh, I don't. We don't know really. It was probably an NDA. We don't know why she left or what happened there. But then she started working on that Star Wars game, and then that thing got canned. So I, I don't. This doesn't really read to me that she's a difficult person to work with. From everything I've heard from games media people, like they all say that she's kind of a sweetheart. So I'm glad that that she has this opportunity, um, and that's great. That's great. So moving forward. I was. I kind of was salty about the idea of this, but the more I've let it kind of ruminate and marinate in my mind uh i th- i like this idea actually you guys know i'm a big streets of rage fan uh streets of rage 4 uh i was working towards a platinum i'm not that far away from it so the writer of john wick also um the writer for n- the movie nobody his name is Derek kolstad is writing uh, a Streets of Rage movie. So why I think this could work, at first I was like, oh, come on. Like, you guys are just grasping at straws here. But Streets of Rage is about street vigilantes, essentially, taking on cops, taking on bad guys, whatever. Whatever needs to be taken on to get to uh, either the truth or to get to... Uh, man, I don't even know what you would call it. Uh, to make right the wrongs of the city streets. You got these people, right? And you got Blaze and Axel and all these people. So I'm kind of curious if it's, an, if, if it's like really gritty like that movie Nobody was or really gritty like John Wick. I guess it depends on who the director is going to be. I think this could actually be a really fun action movie. Uh, do they need to call it Streets of Rage? Hell no. Do they need to use those characters? No, but they're kind of cool characters. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see what happens here. I really liked Nobody. I, I watched that in the theaters. It was pretty good. It was good stuff. Um, and I like the John Wick movies. Jake, anything? Uh, my gut is is says that this movie is going to be bad. Fair enough. But I... You also thought the Uncharted movie is going to be terrible. I... I and my understanding is that it's fine. It's not bad. So, yeah. and and I and I so I think maybe maybe we're reaching an era where uh, 
were able to make video game movies that aren't sucky. But the thing about Streets of Rage, though, is that, like, that game is awesome because the gameplay is awesome. It's not awesome because anyone gives a shit about the characters or the story or any of that. You're just a fucking guy running around punching the shit out of everybody that gets in your way mm-hmm. and eating turkeys and stuff. So, like, you know, and, and the way that you play, the style that you like is what character you pick. Like, if you're going to pick Axel or Blaze or whoever. But who's who's the, the kid on the roller skates? Skates. Skates, yeah. So like, it's so awesome. I don't. I, I mean, like the but the game is awesome. I just don't understand. But they're making a fucking TV show over, out of Twisted Metal, so I don't know. Maybe it's gonna be good. Who knows? Yeah. I hope it's good. Yeah, I hope it's good too. And they don't just fucking burn the IP like Street Fighter did. Well, I mean, nobody starred John Odenkirk or whatever his name is. Um, who was the Saul from Breaking Bad, like Better Call Saul guy, and he's like literally like a like a badass and an action hero, and they pulled it off, and he's such a tough guy, and give it up to him because he broke all of the what he's pigeonheld as being Saul from Breaking Bad. I mean, definitely was a complete flip on that, and that movie's gritty and it's violent and it's rough and it's tumble and it's city streets at night with the rain coming down and it's fighting and it's and it's brutal and it's like if if streets of rage is going to get like that that touch that bit of noir bit of grime and guts and blood and in that tactile hand-to-hand kind of fighting scenes that like we love i think it could be cool does it need to be called streets of rage absolutely not does the fact that it's called streets of rage deter me from wanting to watch it no um, am I expecting a crime story maybe where there's like a mob boss or a big guy in charge of a whole city and, and these four people are, are wronged by him and they come together and they try to get street justice on him? Yeah. That's, it's Streets of Rage, man. <laughs> let's, just, let's just do it. I think it could be cool. Uh, we'll see. I like action movies, um, especially when they're done well. So on Sony's blog, just an FYI, there's a pretty interesting post about Sony's goal to reach higher sustainability by reducing their carbon footprint. We all know they did a thing with Horizon recently, and uh, they planted trees, and that was kind of exciting for people who got uh, that first trophy. I forget what it was called, um, but we talked about reaching it. Reaching the daunt or whatever. Yeah, yeah. reaching the daunt. And so on the Sony blog, it, a PlayStation blog, which takes you to the SEIU or SSIE blog, um, it says our progress on sustainability. And they have like a cute little logo there. Um, looks like it's over top of the rainforest. And they're just kind of taking a look back at actions they took to protect the planet for generations to come over the last year. So they, they're having this initiative. And, you know, sure, some of it's probably for optics, right? Because companies want to look good. But they're still doing shit which is nice you know and it's okay to talk about it you know they're not doing it for the karma you know but they are uh they're doing some stuff so that's good so they talk about sustainability engagement with the playstation community talking about horizon forbidden west launch um they said that they're kind of trying to raise awareness about climate change and protect biodiversity by connecting the game narrative to real world actions so that's kind of interesting so we're seeing like maybe some of their first party developers just bringing about in a creative way like an awareness to like 
you know, we see that in The Last of Us. We see that in Horizon, you know, for sure in Horizon. We see that um, without spoiling it. So it's it's interesting. Um, they're talking about consumer engagement activities, uh, planting more than half a million trees with different partners and organizations. They're trying to do uh, investing in high quality carbon offset projects, um, not really related to PlayStation. But they do have bullet point three. We use the power of video games to raise awareness and inspire change. So SIE will participate again in this year's Playing for the Planet Green Game Jam. PlayStation Studios Media Molecules hosting an interactive green game jam for their community to create games on the theme of sustainable farming in dreams. Players can submit their creations in dreams until May 2nd, 2022. For each of the first 1,300 games created and uploaded during the game jam, SIE will plant up to 100 trees for a maximum of a total of 130,000 trees in partnership with the Arbor Day Foundation. Um, it's supported by Play for, Por- for, uh, Play for Forests. And some other companies um, playing for the Planet Alliance. So they're doing a lot of different things. I think that's kind of cool. You know, they're addressing work from home within their company. Uh, so, and it says they're reducing our impact by addressing material usage in PlayStation game boxes. In fiscal year 2021, we started integrating recycled plastic in PlayStation game boxes into our supply globally. In total, 10% of the plastic used for producing our game boxes over the year was sourced from post-industrial waste, which is not a lot. 10% is not a lot, but they're doing something. Um, And then Driving Change is the United Gaming Industry. said we're a proud founding member of the United Nations Playing for the Planet, P4P Alliance that launched in 2019. SIE will continue to work towards contributing UNEP goals. If you want to learn more about the achievements of the P4P Alliance and SIE's commitment for 2022, check out Playing for the Planet Annual Impact Report 2021. Um, And then they kind of close it off just saying, hey, while we made progress in the last 12 months, we have a long way to go. And we're excited about seeing where this is going to take us. So that's kind of nice, you know, for anyone, you know, and I felt it was worthy of putting on the show. Um, you know, that's something you you may or may not get from different news articles online or hear from other podcasters. But I think it's just it's always kind of nice. And we've talked about that to know that, you know, a company that you're giving your money to is is actively trying to do some things. And like I said, I don't think it's 100 percent just because they care about the planet. I think they do. But I mean, there's also some optics there. You know, it looks bad if you don't do something in this day and age. So it's nice that they're doing something. So I appreciate the effort. Um, Jake, anything on that? Uh, no, I, I think it's cool that they're willing to do something, even though they don't really have to. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe they're not doing it for the best reasons. And who who knows? Maybe they are. We Who are we to really say? Sure. You know what I mean? Exactly. I it, mean- <laughs> it could be that the fucking, the, the newest CEO of Sony is coming in Super and is just like, yeah. look, I'm going to fucking save the world whether you like it or not. And if that's cool, if that's what it is, that's awesome. We have no way of knowing. I mean, they have, these companies have billions of dollars. I mean, why would they give a shit about trees? But the fact that they're doing something to offset their impact on the earth mm. is is really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, regardless of the motivations. I agree. I, I guess you said that as well. As, as long as they're not somehow making money on this, which maybe they are. Well, that you make it, money on this but, by stating that you're going green, right? And then you get more people to support you. Sure. And that's okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The optics are good Uh, for whatever reason. I mean, it does – it helps them in every way possible doing this kind of thing. 
Um, as long as you're not like lying about going green right. and then like getting people because I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it's fine. It sounds yeah. cool though. Well, I didn't do anything to protect the planet today, just so you know. And it's not because I didn't try. I just don't know how to. I did recycle some stuff, but I hear that is like worse for the planet. According to Penn uh, and Teller. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, like plastic recycling is just a giant scam. So I don't know. Penn and Teller proved that like the amount of carbon footprint it, it leaves to recycle all the stuff you recycle actually does more damage than it does to create the stuff that you're using so we're in this vicious cycle and that's just pen and teller though but i'm just saying like you try and it it gives you a feel-good thing you know i did something today like i said i put a couple cans in a recycle bin today but i don't i don't know if it actually helped anything i'll keep doing it though anyways let's get to the new games jake april 25th i like this title research and destroy PS5, PS4, April 26th, The Serpent Rogue. That's a good title, too, as well, I should say. Uh, And then Gas Guzzler's Extreme, PS5. It's about that guy who just drove past your house earlier while we were filming the podcast. Um, April April 27th, Vampire the Masquerade, Blood Hunt. We talked briefly about this on the podcast a couple episodes ago. And then the Stanley Parabole. Parable. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Dude, I've been in the sun a little bit today. Ultra deluxe. What's the word that looks like parable that's pronounced differently? Parabola? Maybe. There's a there's like it's like a it's like a way to define <clears throat> What is it when like the word race car, it's one of those. <coughs> it, race car spelled forward and spelled backwards is still race car. What? Oh, you're talking about a, 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 a not a not a, a panogram. What is it? A fucking anagram? Uh, palind- palindrome. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's not the word I was thinking of. But that is that exists. April twenty eighth, Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> Chapter One, PS four. Uh, the House of the Dead remake on PS four, and then we're also getting Waifu Impact or Waifu Impact W A I F U Impact on PS five and PS four. Four. So, some games I've never really heard of. A couple that I have. But, man, I don't know. It's Sunday. It's still beautiful out. It's 7.30. The sun's out, Jake. 7.30 p.m. Why don't we, like, just call it a day and just chalk this one up to being the Slay the Spire talk. And then we covered some news. and Yeah, we do need it at some point. To the horizon. We need to do an extra episode for Horizon. Maybe, I think... I, I, we never know what the weather's going to be like, but if we get like a like a rainy day one of these days here, we maybe can bang Wednesday out night episode. it's supposed to snow. Maybe, yeah, we'll talk about it anyway. Uh, good episode. Yeah, you good? Any any closing yeah. thoughts? Anything like that? I hope the people enjoyed the song in the last episode. I, I will correct what we said. I, I told everybody that I was going to rip it off a of Bandcamp. I didn't. I just bought their record. I should I should own it, but I. Supporting my friends, I purchased the uh, the digital album and just put the song on there for everybody. And then we got a copyright strike on the YouTube video because <laughs> I used my friend's song. So this is how the world works. You can't win for fucking losing. Tried to help my Fuck friends YouTube. out. It, it, was, it wasn't like a strike where they were like, oh, you are screwed. It was just like you can't monetize this video. And we don't monetize our videos anyhow, so it doesn't even matter at yeah. this point. 
What are they going to do? It's just annoying because there's no, there's no, there's no um, mechanism in YouTube for you to be able to just prove that you have permission to use something. Right. You have to get struck and then you have to reach out to them and say, I have permission. And they're going to say, prove it. And then you open this dialogue with them and like, what am I going to do here? Right. Ryan, he plays in the band. He said it was cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what other proof do you need? Yeah, it's fucking annoying. They do that on purpose because then they don't have to pay you for for ads for ad space. Yeah, well, which it'd is it'd be different if we were even allowed to have ads on our show, and we're not because we don't have enough subscribers. We need like a thousand subscribers to put ads on the show. Yeah, we only have like a hundred some. Soon yeah. we'll have Dude. subscribers. Yeah, when we do the Horizon spoiler cast, that'll be the one. After that, we're gonna septuple our subscriber count dude shit's gonna hit and the then fan. We'll, we'll have ads on everything so if you don't like ads you're gonna hate our videos because we're gonna have like fucking seven ads per podcast yeah it's just all the time just pepper them in there and then the only <laughs> way you're not gonna be able to uh only way you're gonna be able to listen to the podcast without ads you have to give us two dollars a month I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna scam our loyal. Dude, we're gonna straight up so that, you guys against so the that wall. we can get we can get fucking three dollars a month from Google for YouTube we're guys. Put you in a rock and a hard place. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Huh? It's your move. <laughs> I'm yeah. just kidding. All right, guys, we love you all. Thanks for listening to the podcast, and uh, we'll be back next week. Um, enjoy the weather out there. You know, we're coming into May. And uh, wish me luck in golf. I think it's going to be an absolute disaster. If you guys want to write the show, P.S. This is awesome at gmail.com. This is episode 219. And we'll be back with episode 220 next week. Thanks so much. So, like Among Us, Arc Raiders, and Atomic Heart. P.S. P.S. This is awesome. Awesome.